of the week here on KTH 910 AM. I'm a bit excited about this interview because I've got three wonderful people in studio with me. And this is a very, very exciting development uh, for North Texas because for many, many years I've been very, very directly involved with the North Texas Catholic Men's Conference and the Expertus Conference. And these men just uh, have done a fabulous job of attracting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of men to these conferences every year. And uh, now I get an email from Rick Self, who currently is serving as the president of the North Texas Catholic Brothers for Christ. And he says, Dave, can you promote the North Texas Catholic Women's Conference? And I was like, all right, awesome. So here we are. Uh, we have uh, in studio to talk about this conference, which is going to be October 15th, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., uh, with some wonderful speakers. Uh, we'll tell you about that in just a moment. Uh, uh, the president of the board is Tammy Sandoval, uh, who has been involved in Catholic Radio along with her husband, Deacon Larry Sandoval, for many, many, many years. Uh, so she's here in studio. Also, uh, Jackie Oley is the vice president of events for the, the North Texas Catholic uh, Women's Conference. And also, really, really honored to have Father Zach Burns, uh, the parochial vicar at Good Shepherd Catholic uh, Community Parish in in Colleyville here as well. So welcome to all you. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, uh, Tammy, let me start with you. You're the, you're the president of the board, so you got to address the, the first question. How did this all come about? Uh, what, what was the, uh, the origin, the genesis of this? So, as many things happen, um, just very small uh, whisper from the Lord in prayer time. I've always had a heart for women, uh, working with women and women in ministry. And so, um, I went to my spiritual director. And he said, let's treat this like we would uh, a woman carrying a gestation of mm -hmm. nine months. Let's pray. Let's fast. Let's just listen. And nine months turned into nine years. <laughs> and so after many um, just meeting beautiful women who have a heart to share God's love and mercy, I finally st had women start coming to me about two years ago saying, we think you need to do something. Yeah. What, and I've been working with the diocese for the last two years so, yeah, to yeah. finally make this come about. And you've held some uh, very important positions within parishes and the diocese. Of course, you know, Deacon Larry is a, is a deacon at St. Elizabeth, and you've been the DRE at uh, St. Elizabeth and Seton, right? Uh, no, no. Oh, oh, no, oh, uh, Good Shepherd oh, in Colleyville, and Colleyville. now Grapevine, St. Francis of Assisi. Oh, okay, so so you, you know about ministry. You Lots know, of beautiful uh, women. Yeah, right, right. And so I mentioned the men's conference. Have did you call any of them, or do you? Uh, you probably know it because a lot of these guys are from Good Shepherd Parish. Uh, Bob Dwayne and some of these guys, uh, Dr. Kyle Eberline. Uh, did did you consult with them and say, "Hey, how'd you guys get it started?" Or what was their involvement? We actually did invite them into the meeting. Um, they gave us a lot of wise counsel: what to do, what not to do, what they've learned. Um, which has saved us from doing a lot of course correction. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, they've been a huge blessing for us, and they've been kind of like our big brothers. They've, we call them when we have a question. Mm -hmm. um, what, what would you do? How, many, how big should it be this year? Um, so they've been invaluable for us. Yeah. Jackie Oli is here, as I mentioned, VP of Events, North Texas uh, Catholic Women's Conference. So I guess the, the title kind of speaks for itself. You are in charge of this event, is that right? Or, or all events or future events? Or what, what, what is your role? Yes. Um, so it's interesting when Tammy thought of all this, you know, I, I got a tap on the shoulder um, from another one of the board members. And she said, I thought you'd be, you know, really great for this. And so I joined the 
the charter, I guess, yeah. back in January. And, you know, it was very new then. And so we have chartered it and done all of this work to get us to this point. And we knew that the conference is in October. So really just God's perfect timing and everything just kind of fell together. And all of us just filled in all the gaps just yeah. the way God does. And the Holy Spirit just comes in and, you know, takes care of all the details. But yes, yeah, so I'm in charge of VP of events and I'm, I'm also helping with sponsorships and some other things. So yeah, and you are a parishioner at Good Shepherd uh, Catholic Parish as well. I am. And uh, your Prochio Vicar is here with us as well. <laughs> and I, I learned before we started recording that there's a beautiful logo uh, for the, the uh, Women's Conference, and it has some beautiful flowers, and it says, Truth, Beauty, and Goodness. And I understand that this was inspired by a homily that Father Zach Burns did. And so, Father, that's... Uh, Really uh, a great, I guess, badge of honor for the lack of a better word, because, you know, 20 years from now, it's probably going to still be right. <laughs> the logo. And, and they'll say, you know, Father Zach Burns inspired this. So anyways, th- thanks for taking some time with us. And Absolutely. That, yeah. that came from a homily that you gave one time. It huh? did. You know, I get people all the time uh, coming up to me and saying, Father, remember what you said in this homily and this homily? And my, my uh, kind of stock response is, uh, no, <laughs> I don't. Uh, thankfully, I've gotten in the, in the habit of... Uh, keeping uh, diligent uh, uh, digital records of my homilies so I can pull things up. Uh, but I do, I do remember giving this homily on the transcendentals, really focusing on uh, how truth, beauty, and goodness are uh, the pursuit of all human beings, not just Catholics. It's something that we have in common with uh, every single person, and it's how we really see God's heart in the world. Yeah, and so other than that contribution, how did it come about that you not only uh, are involved with it, here you are doing the interview, you're also one of the speakers. Yeah. So yeah. if you uh, if you come up with the theme of the entire thing, I guess you get to speak at the first conference. Is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. You're a great homilist. And yeah. Yes. yeah. Do, you, do you have any idea? And, and I, I should say uh, that the other speakers, uh, uh, Jackie Francois Amy, Angel, who uh, actually is a parishioner at St. Uh, Anne in Capel, I've learned, and she, she's, you know, big time, I think, with the Ascension Press, and she's mm-hmm. got a very big uh, presence on social media and speaks at a lot of these conferences. And then Wendy Redroad at well, who I'm not familiar with, so I'd love for one of y'all to tell me about her, but uh, do you, do you uh, kind of... I know it's still a ways off as of this taping, but uh, you kind of know what you're going to speak about? I do a little bit, yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting to be the only... Uh, male at a women's conference, right? It kind of, uh, I, I feel like I need to speak on a topic that might, I don't know, uh, be a little bit more in my wheelhouse. So what I'm planning on doing at this moment now, I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm a, a big procrastinator, but I'll procrastinate a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I can't say I've, I've totally, uh, pieced together this talk yet. But I, what I really want to talk about, I think, is how through, uh, femininity, women can nurture uh, seeds of religious and priestly vocations in young men mm. and also uh, inspire authentic masculinity among young men. Mm. There's a real lack of masculinity in this, in this world. I think that a lot of 
priestly vocations are being lost to a culture that doesn't encourage authentic masculinity. And I think women have a enormous role to play in uh, the development and the promotion of true masculinity. Oh, wow. Gosh, I'd like to hear that talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, why, see why he was chosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. right, right. So uh, can you, I, I guess, uh, Jackie, tell us about the other speakers. I mentioned about, uh, and thank you, Father, yeah. um, uh, ja- Jackie, Francois, and J- Angel, and also Wendy Redroad. Why did you choose them, and uh, what, what, how will they contribute to the conference? So um, I might let Tammy speak about um, Jackie Francois Angel, but she is very, like you said, she's very well known, and she really um, draws in a lot of um, women from different age groups, and I think that's important for this conference. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're trying to reach a large, you know, demographic of people. Um, and then Wendy Redroad is actually one of our um, board members. She's our VP of Communications, but she also um, has um, an own, her own um, uh, business. It's called Mission Edify, mm-hmm. and so she um, she has and she has her own um, website and everything. And mm-hmm. she's just uh, kind of deals with brokenness in women and um, forgiveness and how that's so important. Um, in our charges, women and yeah, oh, that, that, that's that's great. And then, what about Jackie Francois Angel, Tammy? What will she um, be well, contributing? Um, when I was uh, processing this again with my spiritual director, he was in town, um, and uh, Father Augustino Torres, he's a CFR, and he took out his cell phone and said, "Who do you want?" And um, started showing me name after name, and and I oh, said, and "Father Zach Burns." <laughs> yes, he was a given. He was a given. He didn't know it yet. Yes, but, yeah. Um, but um, when I started um, talking about the age group, like you were talking about, I knew twenty-year-old girls would come to see her, yeah. and I knew um, women in their eighties that are coming would also be blessed. And so um, we just began a conversation. He texted her right there, and she answered. Oh, and so wow. um, it was great. And you know. She's just going to be such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the conference uh, St. Elizabeth and Seton is the location for it in Keller, October fifteenth, nine a.m. to three thirty p.m. So you got six and a half hours. You got three speakers, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure they're not each speaking two hours each. Uh, so no. what, I hope what, not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, so how will the you know general format be? Uh, will there you know, be music? Will there be confessions? Or, or what, what else will be involved that so day? So for this conference, we kept it to one day. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have conversations um, with the diocese about doing a, a whole weekend, right? Um, this year, we decided to keep it to one day. Father Flynn generously opened up uh, St. Elizabeth's for us because it sits 320. Yeah. And so um, it will be uh, Jackie Francois will give the bookend talks. She will open and she will close us. Mm-hmm. And in between that, uh, Father Zachary will speak before lunch. And um, there will be moments of, of quiet silence after the talks to reflect, to maybe journal. Um, there will also be, after other talks, time to share at your table, small group discussion. Um, and then there will also be some time built in for uh, small trips to the chapel for adoration. Mm. To just hear what the Holy Spirit is putting on our hearts. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, in, ad- in addition to the overall theme of the entire, you know, Catholic Women's Conference, Truth, Beauty, Goodness, there's a theme of this particular conference, which is Seeds of Transformation. Uh, yes. Can you all explain why, why, how did that theme come about? Well, I think that we, um, my dream was to reach out to the deanery. So we have six of the nine parishes in our deanery, women participating uh-huh. in this. So that, um, 
as I start to talk to these different women, I think we just kind of have been working in this process, kind of tilling up the soil and hoping that these different talks, you know, once the Holy Spirit comes in and, and the speakers begin to speak, that these seeds will begin that will bring about, like, I think women in our heart, we long for truth uh-huh. and beauty and goodness, and we try to bring it with us where we go. We try to restore things. And so I think that just this natural beginning of growth, we'll uh-huh. just plant the seeds here, and we will begin to have quarterly visitations where we're crossing and bridging and building bridges from parish to parish, mm-hmm. because each parish does something magnificently well, Yeah, but we yeah. don't do everything well. So how can we learn from each other and each other's parishes yeah. and bring that together and, and grow something beautiful? Yeah. Amen. North Texas Catholic Women's Conference, first ever. It sounds like first of many, hopefully. <laughs> yes. uh, it's going to be Seeds of Transformation. Registration is open now. It's going to be at St. Elizabeth Ann Seed and Parish in Keller, uh, Saturday, October 15th, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. with Mass to Follow. Uh, the cost is thirty dollars. That's very reasonable. There's Kino's, a lunch provided. Oh wow! Yes, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a bargain. <laughs> Keynote speakers: uh, uh, Fra- Jackie Francois Angel, Wendy Red Redroad, and Father Zachary Burns as well, who is a TOR, Third Order Regular of the Franciscans. That's right. Uh, and the parochial vicar at uh, Good Shepherd Catholic Community Parish in uh, Colleyville as well. Uh, you know, speak about. You know, I, I have three sisters, a mom, a wife, two daughters. I got a lot of women in my life, and I so I, I have you. Know, you know, a good experience with, with women of a lot of different ages, but I'm guessing this is a, a challenging age to be a woman with a lot of the pressures of, you know, work in many cases and raising kids and being a wife and all, everything going on in society. Speak about that. What are some of the challenges of womanhood these days? Well, I think being a Catholic, practicing Catholic woman today is countercultural. Yeah. I mean, we go to battle every day. And I think that learning that the the church who's been our home, she is not just our foundation but and the, our treasure, but she's also this strengthening to, I don't want to say weaponize us, but our rosaries and our novenas as mothers, we pull together and we pray for each other and we reach out to each other. And so I feel like this is just, you know, the time when we need strengthening and we need to pull together yeah. and be there for each other. And it's it's a beautiful time. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Jackie? Yeah, just our world and culture right now will tell us the opposite of what we know truth is. Mm-hmm. And um, this is just a way to remind all these women that we were created for this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is how God created us. And it's okay to be feminine and, you know, be a woman and be feminine and to love our husbands and to, you know, just be these uh, providers of truth. Mm-hmm. I, I think about that uh, that movie that came out recently, What is a Woman by Matt Walsh. <laughs> you yes. may have heard that. Yes. And the fact that he runs around right. uh, talking to experts and professors and nobody can, you know, quite, I don't want to give away <laughs> the ending until yes. only one person could, could answer the question <laughs> at the very end, which is funny. But Father, I, you know, I'm thinking that you have a great perspective on women. Some people may say, oh, he's not married. He doesn't know what it's, you know, what women, but you, but you counsel probably a lot of women. You hear them in confession. You, yeah. I don't know if you have a, a sisters or I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure you have a mom. Uh, I do. Uh, so, well, yeah, what's what uh, from your life experience would you say? You know, your your perspective on womanhood, other than what you've already mentioned about your talk and vocations and masculinity. 
Yeah, I think that's a big misconception about the priesthood is that it's a all-male uh, world, all-male business. Mm-hmm. I always joke that I think just about every parish in the country is probably behind the pastor is almost entirely run by uh, women. Yeah. They, they always <laughs> seem to know what they're doing. <laughs> they always seem to be better leaders than the men. I don't know, maybe I'm speaking generally, but that's just been my experience. So it's been a lot of fun to work with uh, Tammy and Jackie and the whole rest of the group getting this conference together. But no, they they said that so beautifully. Um, there is just such an importance and such a need for women in our culture, feminine women, authentic women, women living out their vocations each and every day. I don't know why our culture seems so uh, intent on confusing and distorting the, the necessary differences between men and women mm-hmm. uh, and trying to make us all exactly the same. And it's, com- I don't know, it's just completely outrageous. So I love the idea of having a conference for women to promote exactly what makes women special, uh, what makes women so necessary in just the building of the kingdom on earth. Yeah, oh. amen. Now, I forget my com- comparisons to the, the men's conference, no. but that's what I keep thinking. And I know the, the men's, you know, they do a fall event. Of course, Father, Father Zach is going to be the yes. speaker at their experiments <laughs> event, so very sought after. Our, uh, yeah. I guess I can ask the VP of events for this question: Is there more to this group than the the one event in the fall? Or are you thinking of something in the spring? Are there monthly meetings, or what? What else do you all do as a group? Yes. Well, right now, since we're so close to the conference, we're having almost, you know. A, a meeting every week or two. So, um, but yes, we are, we're already talking about what's next. You know, what is next for um, North Texas Catholic women? We're going to always have this fall conference. Um, this one is on the feast day of St. Teresa of Avila. Um, we're not sure if we'll always stick to this date. We're going to kind of see how this conference goes. Um, but then our plan is to then have other like pop up conferences, like smaller. Um, events and venues throughout the year mm-hmm. just to it's just kind of like the fact that yes we go to church every sunday but we also need to go to daily mass we just need that lift lift mm-hmm. me up in the middle of it so it's just kind of a it just lends itself to yeah you know. yeah and you're a 501c3 right yes. so uh i'm sure the 30 dollars per person including lunch is not you know, you know, filling up the bank account. So, do you do you need additional funds? Or can people go on the website? Or yeah, do you have a website? Yes, and we the, do. And, and and make donations. Or what are, what are the other needs? Do you need volunteers for the event? Are there any other needs? Uh, we have lots of volunteers. You know, God is so good to provide just people who step up and do. And we have wonderful sponsors already. Um, one of them is. Actually, the the North Texas Catholics <laughs> men's yes, the Christian Brothers yeah. for Christ okay. yes. So we're very thankful to them um, for being one of our top sponsors. Um, but yes, we have a website. It's www.ntxcw.org, and then when you go to that page, you can click on sponsorships or donate, um, or you can go straight to that by www.ntxcw.org slash sponsors. Okay, so like North Texas Catholic Women's dot org, right? Yes. NTXCW.org. Yes. And you have been so kind, Jackie, as to give us a couple of <laughs> tickets. And I, I love this. These are like laminated. I asked her, I said, are all the tickets official. laminated? Wow. Yes. This is so, it's like, 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 like bookmarks or yes. something. They say, I don't, think, I don't, think, I don't want to give these away. Don't. I want to keep them. Keep them. Uh, so we're, we've got a couple of tickets to give away on the yes. show today. So 
uh, let's can we do the first person to email me right now? That's perfect. Would that be all right? Yes. Of course, we recorded this early, so I won't be getting the emails at the moment. <laughs> right. But all right, so Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. First person uh, is got got to be a woman. A, a man could get him for his wife, but yes. it's got the only women can can come. Yes. And and Tammy, you mentioned about how Jackie has broad appeal. You know, the the twenty year olds and the ninety year olds. Uh, is this is that kind of the, the goal overall with all the speakers is try to speak to a, a general audience and don't narrow it just just to college age or uh, what, what's the, what are you telling the speakers as far as the theme and what they should say? I think just to be aware that there is a wide 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 range of ages and I specifically went to the youth ministers in our area mm-hmm. and said um, will you will you come who would you want to hear and I kept hearing Jackie's name right. over and oh, over and of course Father Zach um, he's a, a favorite. So I think that um, my hope would also be there's mentoring going on. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that I feel like um, a place where we could grow in the church um, to, I mean, I love to sit at the feet of somebody who's in, in her 90s and listen mm-hmm. to how the world's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it would be very beneficial. I see the, the women, the more senior women in the Paris stopping to talk to young moms who are just red-faced and exhausted after wrestling toddlers through yeah. mass, mm-hmm. encouraging them. Like keep coming, mm-hmm. it it goes so fast. Enjoy the chaos. Like yeah. I hear these things as I'm, and so I think it's a a great opportunity for the yeah. mentoring as well. Yeah, is there a eighteen and over? Can women bring their you know fifteen year old daughter or sixteen or what? What's the age cutoff? Is there one? We've never specified that. I mean, okay. you know, the idea is to hit women. We're all at different stages of our spiritual journeys, and so you know just prayerfully considering that, you know, you're going to get something out of this, no matter what age, no matter where you are in life, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, that God has something for you mm-hmm. at this conference. Yeah. You know, whenever I talk to the men's, I, I always say, you know, women, if you're listening, go ahead and just get a couple of tickets and tell your husband you got tickets for it. And maybe men could do the same. Cause <laughs> I always think that the women benefit from the men's conference indirectly because the, yes. the men come back better men. And I Amen. think that that'll be Absolutely. the case uh, with, with this as well. All right. Well, we're, uh, Diane, give me the three minute notice and so I just wanted to give you all an opportunity is there anything else you could say by way of uh, encouragement and Father if you don't mind we can close out at the very end with a prayer just a, a blessing on the, these two wonderful women and all women who are listening out there oh, three, three beautiful wonderful women I got, got to include Diane as well uh, but anything that, we, that y'all would like to say as, well, as far as encouragement for uh, women to go to that website www.ntxcw.org and get their tickets October 15th uh, North Texas Catholic women's conference yeah please uh, register online if you have any questions there's uh, an email address on there that you can ask any questions um, there's a frequently asked questions on our website so um, yeah we're open and welcoming all women all ages all stages of life all right very good that's jackie Oli, vp of events for the north texas catholic women's conference and uh, tammy sandoval president to the board uh, tammy last word I would just invite all women, come, come and, you know, bring your, your gifts. We all have so many gifts and we are just one, wanting to learn and meet new people. Yeah. Amen. All right. Father, if you don't mind uh, closing us out with a prayer and Absolutely. a blessing, uh, we'd be very grateful. Absolutely. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we are so grateful for the gift of women in our church. We thank you for uh just the way that you have made all of us in your image and likeness, but have made men and women so distinctly different. Mm. 
you give women such beautiful gifts. And we pray that through this conference, but not just for the, through this conference, but every day of their lives, women may be reminded of the role that they are called to play in the life of the church, uh, just constantly uh, given courage, filled with your spirit to enact the distinct gifts that they have. We pray that you uh, just inspire those women who you want to be at this conference, Lord, those who need to be there, those who are curious. We pray uh, that everyone remembers the door is open to them. And that you just, uh, build upon this, this first, this first conference, that it may, uh, snowball to another conference and begin a movement of just invigorating, uh, women in the North Texas, uh, region, Catholics in this region. Lord, bless this conference, bless these, uh, women who have done so much, poured so much time and energy, their hearts and their souls into organizing this. And we just pray for a successful event uh, according to your will. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Thank you very much, uh, Father Zachary Burns, one of the speakers, uh, North Texas Catholic Women's Conference, Seeds of Transformation. Registration is open now, ntxcw.org, ntxcw.org. Also, a big thanks to Tammy Sandoval, the president of the board, and Jackie O'Lee, VP of Events, for coming in studio. Great to see you and to meet you and to see you, Father, as well. And uh, don't forget, Father is also speaking at the um, the, the Men's Experitus uh, event. That's a whole different interview and <laughs> topic, but uh, thanks to Diane. Xavier, another wonderful woman running the board, and we appreciate her help. If you have uh, suggestions for future interviews, you can contact me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless you. And good afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in to KTH 910 AM's interview of the week. This is one of those local programs that we have here in DFW. It's a pre-recorded show where we have two of them every week and we just introduce you to something local and Catholic in the DFW area. And it's one of our favorite parts of our jobs. And we get to have a lot of interesting people come through here from, you know, different local ministries, pastors and uh, parish council members. Uh, and today we have some young people in the studio and a returning guest. I think this might be fourth or fifth year in a row or something like that. I think at least since I've worked here anyway, there might be some tie there. I'm not sure. <laughs> but My name is Cecil Anderson and I'm the North Texas assistant of the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I am going to be welcoming the Teach Robotics team uh, to our BR guest for this next uh, 20 minutes or so. So I have four young people and their coach in front of me and I'm going to have them introduce themselves, starting with Luke. Yeah. Hi, I'm Luke Robbins. I'm the CEO of our company. It's actually a team, um, <laughs> but we structure ourselves as a company. I've had a great time on the team this year as the CEO. I get to do a lot of work with delegating jobs. I get to run the team as a whole, and I'm on the board of directors. Awesome. And next to him, we have uh, Chris. Hi, I'm uh, Chris Mudd. I'm the EVP of the company. Um, my job mostly entails mentoring uh, engineering and safety, uh, as I was the director of those in previous years. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's awesome. And we have Emma uh, Miner, who is another EVP, co-EVP. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Emma Miner. I'm the co-EVP. Uh, my job is I help make decisions with the board as EVP, and I am also the director of engineering, so I help build the robot, design the robot, and all that fun stuff. Oh, fun. And finally, Charlotte. Hello, I'm Charlotte Zibbert. 
I, uh, I am the chief operating officer. So I'm also on the board getting to be incorporated in those important decisions for the team. I primarily serve as the engineering notebook manager. So I um, help write and direct the writing of the engineering notebook, which documents how we built our robot, how we use the engineering process to do that, why we did what we did, and is actually one of the highest scoring things in the best award, which we'll talk about a little later. Awesome. I just want you all to be able to identify all the voices, you know, keep them on track. But we have one other person too I want to introduce uh, is their coach, Andrea Mudd. So I'm going to say hi. Hi, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So she's going to share the parents' perspective in a little bit. We've had them on the air a few times, but it's always nice when you get like, some of them have come before, so some of them this is their first opportunity to be on the radio, and it helps with their um, getting to uh, promote to their team and the competition, and it gives them, I think, some bonus points in the competition as well. <laughs> so, um, okay, when people hear robotics, I think sometimes... We have very different ideas of what does robotics mean? Are we talking about like AI? Are we have building robots to like, you know, cook us breakfast or uh, kind of like the overall best robotics is the t- a competition that you all are competing in. Chris, do you want to kind of explain what that is and what it entails? Yeah. So the best robotics competition, uh, the organization best, their main goal is to promote STEM in younger people, middle schoolers, high schoolers um, from all different backgrounds, public school, private school, and like us, homeschool. Um the competitions that we're doing are not, uh, they're, they're pretty simple. We're given, you know, a, a certain number of components and parts and electronics, and we have to build a robot to uh, complete the challenge that BEST gives us every year. Uh, most of the robots have to do more dangerous tasks. It's things like uh, mining and firefighting, things like that. We build robots to replace humans in those dangerous jobs to protect uh, human life. Um and that's kind of the the main part. We also have to do other things such as uh, presentations and a marketing booth, things like that. Um, as if we were selling this, uh, the robot that we built our product, as if we were selling it to investors. Hmm. And this is like, did you say how long it takes for the time period that you have to do this in? Yeah, we have a six week for the uh, six weeks for the first competition, and if we do well enough, we'll move on to regionals, and then we have another four weeks. Awesome. And I don't, I actually have no idea what this year's game is. I haven't actually heard about it. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But, um, kind of, it's a little bit intimidating starting out with like absolutely no idea what you're going to be doing. I don't believe before the six week starts. Yeah. We, um, it's kept a pretty big secret. You're not really told. Uh, some hubs have their kickoff, uh, before and they're not allowed to, uh, release any information about what the competition is. So, once you are given your kickoff, you have six weeks to build a robot, uh, write a notebook like Charlotte was saying, program the robot, and uh, all the other stuff that we have to do. Uh, about a long time ago now, I don't even remember how many years it was, I was on the team and I had nothing to do with the building robot, but I was just impressed that anything was built that could move. <laughs> to me, I was like, I'm such an arts person. I was like, whoa, it moves the arm. And the engineer's like, it's not doing what it's supposed to, but it's moving. <laughs> it was super exciting. And I want to bring Emma Miner in to talk a little bit about what this game, the challenge has been set forth for you all this year. You're in the midst of it. I think on oh, the tail end of this six-week competition uh, season. So talk a little bit about what you all have been having to do uh, to build this robot to do. Yeah, so our this year our theme for what we have to do is it's the theme is made to order and so it has to do with kind of the supply chain and 
Um, oh, that's been like a that. topic for in news recently. <laughs> Definitely. And so, yeah, and they always do it with things that have been in the news recently, which is kind of cool because we have, that's what, um, we have to solve that problem. And so we have supply chain. And so our robot, our robot has to, we have to build a robot to control a robot that builds a robot. And so, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, hold on a second. Take me back there a minute. <laughs> yeah, so our robot is, um, has to, control levers that control another robot on an assembly line and that robot will grab the pieces to put together or put all the other pieces of that robot into a box. And so <laughs> it's just kind of a fun um, thing to have to do. And it's, it, yeah, it's been really fun trying to figure out this competition and how to get all the, remove the levers and stuff. And we, yeah. So we're about, I think, a week. The competition's a week from today, uh, mm -hmm. October 15th. And uh, your robot, ready or not, has to go out there and try to do these things. Where is it at right now? Um, right now, um, it's doing pretty well, actually. <laughs> it's moving. It's moving. <laughs> yes, it is moving. It is moving. Uh, we have kings. Actually, we're at our, we have our practice day today. So we get to see, um, see other robots and see... Uh, if our robot is actually um, up to the task, we'll have a field to actually work on. And I think it, yeah, it's, it moves. So, and so when you do this, you have to, the robot just doesn't move on its own. You have to have people driving it, right? And mm -hmm. how long are the rounds? We have three minute rounds and the rounds, um, we have to, yeah, we have the uh, driver that controls the robot and the spotter and someone who watches them and gives them, tells them what to do in our strategy and tells them what's next. Because we have a list of tasks we have to do in each round. So you talk about strategy. Uh, does anyone want to talk about a little bit what your strategy is? Because is it just is it everyone doing the same thing? All the teams going to be talking about like doing the exact same things, or do people try to, you know, get points in different ways? How does that all work? So for the strategy, right at the beginning of the season on kickoff, we get to see a model of the field. It's not usually fully complete, but we see a model, and they give us all the scoring opportunities on this field for the year. So normally there's like eight or ten ways to score. And what we do for the first couple of days is we run through all those possibilities and see which options we think give us the highest score for the amount of time it takes. Because as Emma mentioned, it's only a three-minute round. We don't have a lot of time to complete our objectives, so we try and fit, pick the ones that are quick to do but still worth the points. So today on practice day, we'll get to see what some other teams are planning on doing for the scoring. We already have our plan we're going to just go for, um, we'll assemble a little bit of the field robot that's already out there. And I mentioned we're controlling a robot, so we put some parts on that robot, and then using that robot, we'll fulfill some orders. There's a bunch of order opportunities, but we're just going to go for the ones that we thought were best in the scoring. That's awesome. Yeah, because it'd be very difficult, I imagine, to build a robot that can do all of the tasks effectively in three minutes. Do any robots try to do that? No, there's no way you could finish all of them. You just have to pick which ones you think are the most worth it. Awesome. And then you have to have drivers do this. And so are any of you all drivers for the robot? So we have our driver competition going on right now between the team to try and find out which people on our team are going to be the best drivers, who's going to do good under pressure, who's able to control the robot well. We use previous year's robots that are fully functional at the moment to see who we think is good at it. I've been a driver in previous years. And I think, I think it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm glad you say it's a lot of fun because you're talking about keeping cool under pressure. I'm picturing you all like pelting balls at them <laughs> while they're driving to try to like keep it calm. Are you all going to try out to be a driver, do you think? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we'll all try it. I'll try it. Yeah, you all nodded, and I was like, wait, it's radio. <laughs> um, so that's awesome. Uh, I want to remind everyone who's tuning in that this is the uh, KTH 910 AM interview of the week, and uh, we are talking to Teach Robotics, which is a local Catholic robotics team. And uh, if you real quick, I don't think we ever kind of clarified what TEACH stands for and who um, can be on the team. So because I don't want to answer that question for me. Um, so TEACH stands for Texas Association of Catholic Homeschoolers. To be on the team, I think you pretty much have to be Catholic and like a homeschooler. We only take kids who are 10 and older, stopping at the end of high school. That's when best stops. Um, so we don't ask for much other than that, like you'd be willing to participate in the team and you know care (laughs) (laughs) and how many kids are on the team this year everyone's giving hand signals they're like 24 24 that's 24 kids on the team that's awesome and that's ages between like 10 and 18 10 and 18 i didn't actually at the beginning say charlotte you and luke and chris are all seniors and emma you are a sophomore uh so kind of representing different age groups here so this is your last year for some of you that's kind of sad but also i'm sure you're a little bit like yes just one more time we can get through this it's a fun but stressful experience but speaking of all the stress that comes through you are a catholic robotics team you're not just a robotics team you're a catholic robotics team so charlotte you want to kind of talk about how you bring our faith into this yes um so catholic like we've always been a team that's catholic first it's always been our priority this year we actually had everyone kind of survey like what what's the first goal of the team every student everyone that did the survey said Catholic first. That is the first goal of our team is to be Catholic and to grow in faith through, the, through what we're doing on the team. And kind of the way we make that real in our team is we start every meeting, we end every meeting with prayer. Uh, we pray the Angelus. Some of our meetings go over 6 p.m. So we'll pray the Angelus at that time. It's like when we stop for dinner. And at the end of the year, we kind of look back over the year to see how, like, how was everyone were we living Christ to others? And we have an award for the boy and for the girl that most represented Christ, the hands and feet of Christ to others. Um, the J- um, Pope St. John Paul II Award and Teresa of Calcutta Award. And not just how we treat our team, but how we treat other teams in the competition is how we make, make our Catholic faith kind of real in robotics. Try to be respectful of every team, not competitive because we want to win but competitive because we want to learn and grow so yeah i can i can easily see how any form of competition can get away from us from time to time (laughs) uh not that that would ever happen right but it's good to always remember to keep our faith uh first and so um andrew wanted to kind of pop in the coach wanted to pop in a little bit about that as well because you've gotten to witness all of this the the competitiveness it's kind of wild i've been to some of these uh (laughs) events and they're quite wild and intense you wouldn't think robotics would draw that much energy but it draws a lot of energy (laughs) it does some of the kids get in and the coach and some of the other coaches get intensely competitive with one another. Um, I just wanted to share a, a couple of quick stories. Um, the first year that, um, so my son Chris is one of the EVPs and, and I've been the co- one of the coaches for the past few years. And the very first year we were there and they were working on the robots with all of the other teams the night before the competition. We were all checked in and getting ready. And when I, I noticed they were talking with another team a lot and I was like, what's going on? And he was like, well, they forgot some tools. So we're helping them. And unfortunately, my first reaction was, that's our competition. Why would you help them? 
and and one of those instances where you where your you know child reminds you of what hopefully what you've taught them and what our first priority is and he said mom we're catholic first before we're anything else and i was like yeah that's absolutely right and then another year there was a team that wasn't exactly cheating but were really being unkind and not Christ-like in how they were playing the game. And, and it, and it was easy to, you know, let emotions start to build up and to get upset. And we just, we just stopped and said, look, you know, what we really need to do is just pray for them. Because if, if that's how they're treating people, then obviously they're not being raised Catholic. They're not being raised with this, with the same priorities that we are. And so let's just, let's just pray for them and be kind and be Christ back and, and just, and do our, you know, just keep doing our best and not worry about what other people are doing. Mm. That's the important thing is that it's not, the competition is going to last for a few weeks and you have that one day of it. But it's the lasting impressions you make on everyone else because that's ultimately we're heaven bound here. <laughs> we're worried about the soul. It's really fun to win the competition, but ultimately, did you leave that competition leaving a good Christ-like impression, which is very important? Uh, I want to remind everyone that we're talking to Teach Robotics, the Texas Association of Catholic Homeschoolers robotics team, uh, based out of the I guess the Flower Mound area. St. Phillips is kind of like your home parish that you're based out of, um, and uh, they are going to be competing exactly one week from today. Day, the best uh, competition and so uh, the website is teachrobotics.org and in a minute I'll have Luke kind of give the details of if anyone wants to watch the live stream or even go out to the event and see what robotics is all alike, uh, all about if you're a parent listening right now and saying hmm I've thought about putting my kid in something like that um, this is a good opportunity teachrobotics.org I have Luke Robbins, Emma Miner, Chris Mudd and Charlotte Zipper and Andrea Mudd who are joining me and we just have about uh, five, 10 minutes left here in the interview. But uh, Luke, do you want to real quick, just kind of give the details for anyone who wants to uh, kind of get to see the competition, get an idea of what that's like. Cause it's just in a week. Yeah. So we only have one more week until we compete. The competition is held at a local high school. It's Martin high school in Arlington. So with all this preparation and time spent, we're really excited to compete, but it gets intense. So <laughs> Um, so can anyone but, just come to the competition and see it? Yeah, you can just show up. It's at Martin High School in Arlington. You're free to join. Awesome. We're at Teach Robotics. Come root for us. <laughs> yes. Is there a color that everyone should wear if they come? Our team colors are red and gray. Red and gray. So awesome. that would be great nice. if you want. <laughs> awesome. And is it an all-day thing? Yeah, it's pretty much all day. I think it'll end at like 6. Okay, awesome. Wow. All right, then. So teachrobotics.org. I'm assuming you can find out a little bit more information there as well. Um, and in the last few minutes, I kind of want to talk to each of you about your experiences on the team. Some of you have been on for quite a while. Some of you have been maybe newer. And uh, some of you are about to go off and graduate. And so I'm interested to know what some of your favorite memories or experiences that you've learned uh, you can interpret this question however you like uh, in the past few years, and also if it's going to affect anything about your future and what you choose to do career-wise or school-wise. Chris, you want to start? Yeah, so I've been on the team for six years now. I started when I was 13. Um, and the first two years or so, I was mostly just learning tool skills, engineering skills, uh, and really just how to you know build the robot and how to compete and win. Um, and in more recent years, I've... Uh, grown into more of a leadership role, uh, not only leading the uh, parts of the team, mostly engineering, but also how to teach the younger kids 
who will be taking over the team when me and Luke and Charlotte and Emma leave. Um, both teaching them how to lead others, how to delegate tasks, and also, you know, tool and engineering skills, how to, you know, plan the, plan the design for the robot and how to build it. And, um, it, robotics has definitely affected what I want to do. Um, I didn't really think I had any interest in engineering or anything like that until I joined the team. But, uh, my current plan is to, uh, go to college and do, uh, get my degree for, uh, sorry, uh, engineering technology. Oh, okay. Um, awesome. Which is the more hands on part of engineering, more of the prototyping, things like that. Um, which is definitely something that I would not have realized that I enjoyed so much if I hadn't done robotics. Yeah. Let's go. Robotics will look good on your resume, too. <laughs> All right. And Luke, what about you? Your favorite experiences or lessons learned and your future plans? Uh, this is my fifth year on the team. I've really enjoyed it. I started in engineering with Chris. I joined the year after him, but um, engineering has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot about tools. I didn't know anything <laughs> before I joined the team. I used a drill maybe twice. So I'm really good at using the tools now. I've, but I've also been um, been working into a leadership role. So as, obviously as CEO this year, in the leadership role, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm actually looking at economics for um, college. Yeah, on the business side of it, because yeah. it's not just the engineering. you got to do a lot of other things for this. <laughs> That's awesome. And Emma? Uh, yeah, so I started five years ago. I started when Luke started, and I... I didn't, I'm not sure what exactly I did my first year. I was 12, so I was one of the younger <laughs> ones that just kind of did Someone told you to do jobs. something, yeah. you went and did that. <laughs> exactly. And so, but my next year, I started in engineering, and so now I've worked my way up to engineering director, and I've learned so much about leading because I am terrible at making decisions. I just can't, and it's helped so much to just be able to think on the spot and make a decision, um, learning how to do that, and it's just been amazing. Awesome. And finally, Charlotte. Yeah. Um, so, like, as a homeschool, I did a lot of, like, I was in charge of my school, and, like, it was just me and what I did, and I could control everything. And then coming onto the team and having to interact with others where I'm not in control of everything, you know. Um, the first year where I had to be under people and kind of learn that, learn working with different people. And then, so this is my third year on the team. My second year, I got to be notebook manager. And then I had to learn how to work with the people who were writing notebook for me and recognize that they write in a different way, they think in a different way, and they're not all the same as me. And I have to interact with those differences. And I think those skills are going to be important for me for my whole life. I'm, I'm looking, thinking about being a teacher, specifically a Montessori teacher, but a teacher, and I need that ability to interact with different people. And I'm mm -hmm. so glad I've been on the team and gotten that experience. That's awesome. And Andrea, you've been the coach for a few years and you've obviously, Chris has been on the team. So this is your, also your last year as coach and doing that. Don't start crying. <laughs> you're like, no, you're like, I am ready. <laughs> I was going to cheer, but okay. <laughs> I won't cry or so cheer. Talk about maybe your favorite highlights over the last couple of years and maybe anything you have learned. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I've learned as much as the kids, but completely different things. Honestly, as the, you would think as the coach, 
that I would know how to build a robot <laughs> or know how to program a robot, guess what? I don't. It's not required to be the coach to know. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Thank goodness. They actually were taught by kid, by the older kids on the team, and the team has been around for 20 years now, and they have passed down the knowledge from teen to teen to teen to teen. So these kids learned from their older siblings or other kids that have been on the team in the past. My my main job is is really um, to help them with time management, to help, you know, keep the keep both the big picture and the and the fine details and just kind of you know just walk them through the process and just sometimes sometimes to ask questions as the coaches we don't ever touch any of it we don't do any of it for them any of it even the parts i would know how to do <laughs> but there are no adults who build it or program it or build our website or do any of the marketing we don't do any of it but we may make suggestions you know we we listen we listen and, and give them give them advice you know, so ask some of those questions. Have you thought about this or that? And um, and just my whole time with these teens, they're fantastic. Seeing how they treat one another, their work ethic, just. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 